0: Sup, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm Jack Vita, alongside Jordan Morandini. How are you doing, Jordan?
1: The boys are back again, Jack. It's yeah. And it, it feels like we recorded the first two, like, almost back-to-back days, <laughs> and now it's been like three or four days. It feels like we haven't podcasted in forever.
0: I know, right?
1: <laughs> feels good to be back, though, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah, it's a Monday following the weekend. I went to the White Sox game yesterday. Did you have a good weekend?
1: I did, yeah. Another good weekend.
0: Yeah, it was it was a fun weekend. Uh, uh, not
1: not not necessarily a fun one for me watching my <laughs> watching my Phillies play the Marlins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was the weather was nice. so I guess that's a plus. <laughs> uh,
0: yes. So we'll definitely have to uh, talk a little bit some baseball once we bring our guest in uh, in a second. Jordan, why don't you tell us what we got today? What are we going to be talking about? This is episode three, Jack and Jordan's NFL preview we got two divisions. What are we doing today?
1: Well, Jack, you know this is with a one specific division that I enjoy talking about the most, the AFC South. It's got my Jags in it, so we'll discuss that I believe first. We're starting AFC, and then we'll rotate on to the good old NFC South, which seems like year in, year out, it's always a very competitive division with, you know, teams that normally compete at the highest level when it comes to playoff time. So, good set of divisions today, Jack, and uh, yeah, our third out of our fourth here episode of the NFL preseason
0: yeah so that should be a lot of fun and who do we have joining us today would you like to introduce the guest for everyone Jordan
1: well I I had a really good one with Chase so I gotta follow that up (laughs) (laughs) the introduction uh let's see uh former cross country superstar um a call of duty (laughs) hall of famer (laughs)
2: and good old Tennessee Titans fan Connor Ennis Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Um, of the things that you mentioned, I really appreciate the Call of Duty Hall of Famer. I take that to heart. <laughs> so, thank you. I'm really excited to be here, though. Uh, this is these are two of my favorite divisions in uh, in football. So, I'm ready to talk some football now that it's been so long. Get get back into the the fantasy football action and all that good stuff.
0: Yes. So we got plenty to talk about today, but Connor. We're going to have to ask for your permission here as the guest. Are you cool with talking a little baseball before we get going here?
2: I am good with talking baseball, but I'm also a Phillies fan and it just hasn't been going uh, very well for me and Jordan lately. We've, uh, (laughs) this season's been pretty disappointing as it's gone on.
1: Well, Jack's trying to torture us here. Con is what is is going on here at the beginning of this podcast. I'm not sure I approve.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, like here's the deal. If you're a, if you're a Cubs or a Phillies fan, this is not a good time of year, especially what happened over the weekend. Uh, Phillies, t- uh, they lost 2-3 to the Marlins, correct? 2-3? They yeah. did. And yeah. by the way,
1: Jack, thanks, uh, thanks to your Cubbies for helping us out in terms of trying <laughs> to catch one of these teams.
0: Um, yeah, so my very poor play from the Chicago Cubs, who <laughs> have been an excellent home team all season long, got swept at home against the Washington Nationals. But uh, not a good time if you're Cubs or Phillies fan, but if you're a fan of the game of baseball, we have a really fun race coming down the stretch here.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt about it, Jack. I think in terms of on the uh, NL side, you know, for a while there, it looked like there were going to be a ton of teams right in this wild card race, and then the NL Central was going to be kind of a divisional race down the stretch too. Um And I think really that's been kind of the same case apart from the Nationals. They've started to really get on a run. I think they're 15-4 and or so in their last 19. And they're up now four games ahead of every other team in terms of the wild card there. And then on the AL side, it's a very interesting situation, I think, because heading into this year you had a lot of people obviously picking Boston to not only – uh, but, or win the AL East. But then you have Tampa, who is really impressed on the AL side. Uh, Cleveland it was supposed to win the Central, and Minnesota has really impressed in that division. They're up three and a half games on Cleveland. So there's, still, there's a lot of things to look out for kind of as this season kind of dwindles down.
0: Yes, and the big thing on the NL side, it seems like we're at this point where every series is just really big. These are big games you need to win. And the Cubs and Mets, and by the way, I need to eat my words on the Mets. I was very low and down on them coming into the season. And for the first half of the season, I looked uh, like I was perhaps correct on that team, but they've really proven me wrong. They got swept by the Braves over the weekend. Cubs got swept by the Nationals. And now they're meeting in New York this week. Cubs have to face Stroman, Cindergard, and DeGrom. That's a really tough three games. It's as fun as it
1: gets right there.
0: Yeah, for a team that has been played very poorly on the road all season, both these teams really need this after being swept, and this could be a big series that really has a lot of playoff implications and who gets potentially gets into that wild card game.
2: Looking at the, uh, the NL, I know a lot of people... I uh, pretty much think that the Dodgers are probably going to walk to the World Series. But if I'm the Dodgers, I definitely don't want to play the Nationals coming out of the wild card. I think that's a, a tough matchup for them, especially they've got pitching to match up. And now their bats are all clicking. That's going to be a hard team to beat.
1: Well, and along with that, I think another a, big, a great note here is that, you know, as good as Washington has been since whatever it was, they've been on a great run since, like, honestly, June 1st. And they have gained like a toll of one or two games on Atlanta throughout that stretch. So, quietly, you know, <laughs> the Nationals have been talked about a lot lately, but quietly, the Braves have just been playing fantastic baseball all season long. They're 20.
0: They've won like seven or eight in a ridiculous. row. It's
1: ridiculous. They're 28 games over. And honestly, I think the one worry with them seems to be their staff. But they've had a lot of guys who, and they've had some injuries on that staff too, but a lot of guys throughout the year who have put together great years for them. Um, and along with that, you know, you, you have the big rise and I don't even know if we can call it a rise because it was so obvious, but Ronald Acuna, he's turning into almost an MVP yeah. candidate. Saw an article today that he could potentially be the Mike Trout of the NL. So that's as high a praise as you can possibly get in the game. He's gotten that. And really, you know, they lose a couple, they lost Markakis for a while there. Um, you know, they've lost Swanson for a while throughout the season. They've had some key injuries here, but this team just continues to win night in, night out, Jack. Yeah,
0: Ender Inciarte as well. They've had a lot of injuries.
1: Yeah, somehow, someway this team has battled and, and maintained from what has really been just a ridiculous push by the Nationals.
0: Yeah, and one more note, baseball-wise, and then we'll uh, get to the original programming here. The Cardinals and Brewers are meeting in Milwaukee this week, uh, first game tonight of a three-game tilt. And the Cardinals are up 8 to nothing, I believe, right now. Uh, The Cardinals are playing some excellent, excellent baseball. It seemed about two, three weeks ago, over the last two, three weeks, I think they've gained about six or seven games on the Cubs, where they were, I think, at 1.4 games out. And if they win tonight, they're going to have a three-game lead. This is a big series for all three teams in the National League Central that are really competing. This could be the final death blow to the Brewers, or it could really open things up and make it a three-team race.
1: And with that, too, the Phils are hosting the Pirates for a three-game set-jack, too. So if somehow, some way, the Mets are able to sweep the Cubs or something, we could see the Phillies jump into that wild-card spot. Granted, they have not done a good job taking care of bad baseball teams this year. So I'm not sold they'll actually gain any games. <laughs>
0: Any Anything else on this, Connor? You want to jump in there?
2: Uh, I mean, I said something about the NL, so I guess on the AL side, the only thing I would say is that, to me, it looks, it looks a lot like the Yankees have the bats, but uh, the Astros have now the bats and the pitching. Uh, I think if those two teams faced off, it would be really entertaining because I think the Yankees do have the better bats, but I'm not sure that they could make, I don't know if they could keep up with the pitching that the Astros team has now.
0: Yes, and also we had the Yankees and Dodgers meet this weekend. What a great great interleague series in late August. Couldn't ask for anything better than that. Yeah, definitely. So, let's go let's go back to the original programming here. Let's talk about the AFC South. And we had a big Twitter explosion. <laughs> I believe that was Saturday night. And the shocking news heard around the world. Connor, tell us about what we heard about Saturday night that just stunned us all.
2: Well, out of nowhere, as everybody knows, Andrew Luck has decided to retire, which, um, you know, as a Titans fan and for Jordan as a Jags fan, I'm sure... We can both say that this is uh, actually not good news for us. It is in terms of our team's doing better, but the AFC South is a lot more fun with Andrew Luck, and the NFL in general. Um, we're going to be missing out on a, a really great talent, um, a really good human being, too. Um, so it it it's uh, it's bad news, but um, you know I wish I wish the best for him and his family. I hope that he can uh, come to peace with everything, and you know maybe maybe. This won't be it. I could see him coming back because he's only 29 years old. And, you know, we've seen QB in the past that have come back after retirement and played more.
1: Yeah, Con, I'm right there with you in terms of what you were talking about there. Um, look, it, it is. I mean, I've seen a lot of I follow a lot of Jaguar fans on Twitter. They're celebrating right now um, and just so happy that this potentially opens up the division, but I feel exactly the way Khan does. Um, look, you when you're a fan of a team, you want to beat the best potential team. It always sucks when you you beat a team that's either you know beaten down by injuries um, or you know something wild like this happens. I was really looking forward to this division with luck at the helm here. I think overall heading into the year, I, uh, a lot of people had the Colts as the divisional favorite. Um, following a year ago where they found themselves all the way back. I think they started 0-5 and, and then ended up 10-6, and 6, snuck into the playoffs. Um, and I think heading into this year, a lot of people thought that this was the team to beat in the AFC South. Um, but I, I, I got to be honest with you, Jack. Heading into this, I was really curious about his injury that was going on. It, it was it was a combination of first, it was an ankle, then it was a calf, then it was back to the ankle. I wasn't sure if he was going to be ready for week one. I, it was kind of, it felt like almost the same thing with the shoulder two years ago, where it was kind of like, oh, he'll be back, he'll be back, he'll be back, and then he hadn't practiced yet, and he still hadn't practiced heading into what the third week of the preseason now. Um, I just, it's just a guy that was mentally worn down by the injuries over the years. Um, that was a really bad Colts line from about 2013 to 2016. Um, finally, they finally turned it around. And if I'm a Colts fan, I'm sick to my stomach because you feel like, wow, you know, we finally put the the team together. It's a great line. Um, it's We have a really, really good GM. Who knows what he's doing? And you lose a guy, your franchise quarterback right when you're kind of in your contending years from 2019 to 2021 um, in terms of their current roster assembled. Oh, it's a it's a gut punch, um, and I, I definitely do feel for Colts fans, and I feel for Andrew Luck too. I, I hope all is well there, um, and you know, congratulations on retirement. He's, he's made his fifty to hundred mil, um, and he's twenty nine, and hopefully he can have a healthy, healthy retirement.
0: And I believe he has a biology degree from Stanford. He
1: does, yeah. He graduated, um, so that yeah. probably could come into play if he ever needs money or anything along those <laughs> lines in the future. Uh, But, yeah, definitely a sad day for the NFL, Jack.
0: Yeah, it's really, really sad news. But I hate the fact that he's coming under fire by some people here for his decision. First of all, I can tell you right here as someone who's suffered from an autoimmune disease in the past, now I'm healthy. you got to take care of your physical and mental health above your job and everything. Um, And if that lets a fan base down sometimes... That's okay. You gotta be. You gotta feel okay. That's so important. I'm glad that he's going to. He's not gonna push himself through this and have to. Because sometimes we do this whole thing where it's like you're awarded points for playing through an injury, and sometimes that's just not smart. Like that's not what you should be doing. Kevin Durant should yeah, not have Jeff. been on the court. And uh, I respect the heck out of him for getting out there and everything but I'm just so glad that he's doing what is best for him and not just pushing through something because it's what everyone is telling him to do
2: right and for people nobody can really question his toughness either it's I mean he played with what like a lacerated kidney Uh, he played through a bum shoulder and stuff like I mean to say that he he. You know, he's just walking away and letting them down and everything. I mean, he's an entertainer, and at the end of the day, he doesn't really owe anybody anything, you know. To make your Sunday better, it's it's not worth his mental health and, you know, the the pain that potentially comes to his family with all that and everything. So, um, you know, I'm not mad at him at all. I, I think that people should let it go and, and let him be at peace with it.
0: So the Colts are in a very precarious situation now. They are left with Jacoby Brissett as their starting quarterback this year, which, again, you mentioned, Jordan. This was a team with a lot of hype on them. I personally was not as high on the Colts coming into the season as a lot of people were, mainly just because the thing that's so weird about Indy, it seems like whenever they have high expectations, they fail to meet them, but when they those expectations aren't there and they have lower expectations... They greatly exceed them. I was a little concerned about Luck's health, as you mentioned, because two years ago we had this whole thing, and I'm like, he might not even play this year, and that's what ended up happening. So whenever you have a quarterback with questionable health and a very dang important quarterback as well as Andrew Luck is, there's a lot of just questions there. So I was not quite as high on the Colts as a lot of people were. Now, if you were, I... Totally understand it. I get it. And they had a great year last year, and they, I understand the hype. Now it seems like they're rebuilding, yes? I mean, Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion, I think he's one of the better backups in the league, and I think it's going to be a little fun to see what he could potentially do with... A really good offensive line protecting him because he started for them a couple years ago. Line was really bad then. What do you think, Connor?
2: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. And, you know, when this news came out, the first thing that I thought about was that I thought the Colts were probably going to be like a, a three or four win team, but it's not like the rest of this roster isn't really good still. They have, you know, they have weapons on offense with like Ebron and T.Y. And Marlon Mack was pretty, he was streaky, good last year. And they have a really good defense with a really good line. And honestly, Jacoby Preset has been uh, pretty fortunate to, he sat behind Tom Brady and Andrew Luck. And those are two pretty good quarterbacks to sit behind. And when he did get the chance to play, you know, he wasn't great, but it was really his first time playing i mean he played two games or whatever with the uh with the patriots but he threw for 3100 yards 13 touchdowns and only seven interceptions so it's not like he's terrible and i think this team is much better than they were when he last played for them so you know i don't i don't see them as a three or four win team i actually think that like seven six or seven games is not out of question for them at all i think you made a great point um there about Brissett and the action that
1: he did get that was that just wasn't a good Colts team that he came in and played for um and he played pretty well in that scenario he took 52 sacks in those games that was a bad offensive line and it's the offensive line that really cost luck all those early injuries in his career uh I'm with you guys I, I Jack you mentioned that you think they're they're potentially rebuilding now I think they were literally at the end of their rebuild because they had the perfect, they had perfect amount of cap space this off season to make a couple big moves. They brought in Justin Houston, who is a big time, uh, pass rushing threat on the edge. Um, and you have your franchise quarterback, you had your franchise quarterback and it just felt like, you know, this was the time that this rebuild was over and now this is the Colts run. They were, they were expected to make their run. Um, I'm with you as well, Con. I think there's a lot still to like here. I mean, this was my division winner pick before the Luck News. Um, And with Brissette, I think that sends them down a clear couple steps. I like them right around seven to eight wins as well. Um, And honestly, you know, initially when this happened, I was like, yeah, you know, this is probably the worst team in the division. Um, I think if Brissette can play average QB play this year, I think this can be right around an eight-win team and potentially be the third best team in this division as we get to talk about the others. But there's a lot of pieces to like love their offensive line. Um, and I think it'll be a, do a much better job protecting Brissett. and he's got some weapons. So I do think the offense will be pretty good. Still. I still have a little bit of questions on the defense. It was a solid defense, pretty good defense a year ago. Um, they have a s- absolute stud young linebacker and Darius Leonard and I think the Justin Houston addition adds on some there. Um, but I think it's a good team. I think it's. I think it's still a great roster. Um, and I think if Brissette can play, you know, decent to well, I think they can be decent.
0: My forecast for Indy, basically my outlook for them. I think they're. I would. I shouldn't say they're rebuilding. I think they're going to go into this year. They're going to be like, let's see what we got in Jacoby Brissette. Let's see how good this team is with him. He's twenty-six. Maybe there's something there with this guy. Let's let's check it out. And if there isn't let's say they're a 6-10 and ten team, then I think you could look at a team that is prime tanking for Trevor next year. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, I
1: agree. The question is, where do you go to tank for Trevor? Because the roster isn't set for a tank. Yeah. So that would be a very tough scenario where you either bring in a quarterback that isn't good at all to just play next <laughs> season out, or uh, you have to make some serious roster moves, whether it's stacking up on some first-round picks, making a couple deals. Um, I think they're in a tough spot because I don't know if this team's going to be bad enough to try and tank for a guy like Tua or Trevor. Um, if it comes down to that.
2: Yeah. The other thing too, is that they're really young. I think they were like, what, like second or third in, uh, like cumulative age last year for their team. Um, yeah. So that it's, I mean, rebuild. I don't, I don't know. I think they're just going to keep building from here, test out Brissett. Um, you know, maybe go after a free agent next year or draft an, a new quarterback. You know, we've seen young teams with young quarterbacks that have are on that low salary; they're not paying a quarterback a lot. We've seen them have really good success. Teams like like last year, Trubisky, Lamar Jackson, all these teams that they they can bring young guys in and still win games. So, uh, I don't know. You never know with them, and I, I think yeah, I I agree with you guys. I think that like seven seven to eight win range is definitely doable.
0: So I have their former over/under has not been updated <laughs> on OddShark.com, and they were at nine and a half. Pretty safe to say under, I think, for all of us. Yeah, I think they're seven uh, and a half now. Yeah, I would go. I would go under seven and a half. Yeah,
2: yeah, I
1: think. I think given the division, I think the other three teams are good football teams. I like. I like yeah. I said seven to. Eight,
2: I like six to seven. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm uh, with that seven and a half number. I think I think seven was the number I was going for, so I would go with the under on them.
0: Yeah, I think they're right where you guys have them six six or seven wins. I'm excited to kind of see the gm inside of me which is not what i'm trying to do or anything but it's fun you know we've always we've all done those madden franchises and everything i to see watch a front office that's done an excellent job they have a great gm see how they adapt to this i like the challenge uh that they're gonna have to navigate through here unfortunately it comes under very very unfortunate circumstances but i think this is interesting it's going to be fun to look at
1: yeah and i think in terms of front offices this has been a top three to five front office the past couple years they have they had two all pro rookies a year ago and darius leonard and quentin nelson so i think that's i think that gm and that front office knows what they're doing so i'm with you jack gonna be really interesting not only this season but the next couple do
0: either of you guys have ideas if you were getting creative here if there was a backup quarterback maybe to trade for from a good team uh maybe like Ryan Tannehill or someone like that to bring in
2: yeah that was that was something I proposed I I I was thinking about it and if if they don't think Jacoby Brissett is their guy which it it, from what I'm reading on Twitter it seems like they think that uh he has all the attributes to be their starting quarterback but you know like the the Titans have Tannehill as a backup who has won games with the Dolphins. Um, And then, uh, as Jordan said, too, with Bortles out in L.A. He makes his way in
1: again. That's three straight podcasts, Jack.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's tough to say. I think they're going to stick with him, but it would be interesting, especially, you know, as if you're like the owner of the GM of the Titans and they want to come in and offer you something, you know, decent for Ryan Tannehill, it'd be tempting to take that offer. I
1: yeah. I, I don't I don't think I don't think Tannehill would be an option just because I don't think the Titans would want to try and help the Colts in any way shape yeah. or form. Yeah, that is true. Uh, unless the offer was very appetizing. I have a couple names, Jack. I think, and uh, we you touched on Bortles. I think he could be a potential fit. He's a guy who's won playoff games. Um, and if he's behind a good line, I think he can be a decent quarterback. Um, nothing special. I like a couple young guys too, Jack. You know all about Mason Rudolph. I don't know if the Steelers think he's wow. the future behind Ben Roethlisberger, but if they don't, I think that could be a potential young name that they could go after. And Josh Rosen, if somehow, someway doesn't end <laughs> up um, starting for Miami, you know, they tank for Tua, they get Tua next year or something. That could be another. Oh my God, another team that could potentially <laughs> take a chance on Josh Rosen.
0: Oh my goodness. Well the the Steelers uh have an interesting backup battle going on right now and Rudolph has been fantastic this preseason. Yeah. So it depends on the offer. He was a third round pick. So they'd have to uh-huh. give up more than a third round pick, would be my guess, in order for the Steelers to pull the trigger. But Dobbs is also a viable option as a backup. So that he is expendable if there's the right offer. I'm going to make one comparison to this situation. It reminds me of something that happened a few years ago. Reminds me of when Teddy Bridgewater tore his ACL at practice. And the Vikings were just like, oh my goodness, we have a really good team here. If we can get an adequate quarterback, we can be a playoff team. And that didn't end up happening that year. It ended up happening the next year. But they made that deal for Sam Bradford where they dealt a first-round pick for him in camp. It doesn't sound like, based on what you guys have been hearing on Twitter and whatnot, that that's what's going to happen. But that would be really interesting to see. Yeah, I think this, definitely.
1: I think this front office is too smart to give up a first rounder for somebody like Sam Bradford. Oh boy. I think they're going to take their chances for, with a guy like Jacoby Brissett.
0: Maybe Case Keenum though.
1: He, he's starting. <laughs> by the way, I heard he's he's opening up the starter over there. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe if, if uh, what's his name takes over. Ends up taking over. Hey, Hoskins. A, yeah. yeah, Hoskins. Sorry, that could be a... Haskins. Haskins, <laughs> not Reese. Could be a potential fit.
0: I'm going to say, Jordan, is uh, about Bortles. You mentioned he three in a row. We're going out to his division next. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> when we do the really West.
1: Looking, I will no doubt sneak him in in that one. <laughs> so prepare yourself.
0: All right. Uh, let's move on. Connor, as a big Titans fan... Give us what you're looking at with the Titans this year. I'm going to turn it over to you. Go in any direction you want. It's all yours, buddy.
2: All right. Thank you. So as a Titans fan, you look at the last three years, back to back to back, nine and seven seasons. As a fan, you really hope that they can take a step forward this year and get to 10 and six. Um, I think they have a much better better team this year and I really like a lot of the stuff that we did and that they did in the offseason. Sorry, I know you hate when people say we. Um, <laughs> the biggest question obviously is Marcus Mariota. He has not been able to stay healthy at all. I think he had like I think like 10 different injuries that he was dealing with last year. Um, and what's weird about him is that he he seems to play well against teams that are actually good. Like winning record teams. He has he has a winning record against winning teams, but that obviously means that he's not playing very well against the bad teams. So that's kind of concerning. Um, another thing about Marcus, though, is that he did put on 20 to 25 pounds in the offseason. Not sure if a lot of people know about that, but I think that that's going to help him a lot with taking hits and staying healthy. That's what I'm hoping for, at least um looking at the schedule i know that we play a couple of our harder games at home and last year we were a very very good home team we have been for the past three years so that is a a positive thing to look at the additions to the team roger saffold he was with the rams last year uh he's arguably like a top three to five left guard in the league um, he's going to be lining up next to Taylor Lawan, who is suspended for the first four games. So that hurts, but lawan has been a top three to five left tackle in the game as well. So, I mean, just looking at that, that's a really, really good left side of the line for Derrick Henry to run behind. Um, we added Adam Humphreys, who was surprisingly good with the Bucks last year. Um, I think he's going to be a guy who you can rely on to, to make catches we need him. Uh, Marcus has thrown to him a lot in the preseason and seems like they have a good connection there. Uh, we, we drafted AJ, Br- they drafted AJ Brown. So that should help the offense. Um, Cameron wake came from the dolphins. Uh, you know, he's older, but he was still very effective last year at like 35 or 36 years old. Um, so I don't expect him to be great or anything, but I do expect him to help with some of our young pass rushers like, um, Harold Landry is a guy that who that I know the Titans organization is really big on him as a defensive end, getting after the quarterback. Um, and finally, Delaney Walker is back, who is Marcus's favorite target, has been since he's been there. So um, there's a lot of really positive things to look at going into this year, but I think the main thing is just, can Marcus stay healthy? Um, And can we beat teams like the Bills last year, who they just flopped against, like the Dolphins last year, who they just flopped against? So um, overall, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at another winning season. I'm really hoping for 10 and six going through the the schedule. Unfortunately, I think nine and seven is kind of the place where they finish. Um, But it should be it should be a really competitive division and one or two games here and there could make a huge difference.
1: Con, you touched on, and Jack, let me be clear. I don't think Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback. Whoa. <laughs> We've had this discussion so many times. I don't, um, but the unbiased self in me, Jaguar fan in me, um, I had to do some digging. I had to figure out why Marcus Mariota has not been good the past two seasons, and one little number that I found seems to be the key. So here we go, boys. Con, you may enjoy this. This is a... Titans team, that the past three seasons, has went 9-7. and seven. Con touched on that. And it's a Titans offensive line that has been known to really be the heart of this roster. They spent the big money on Luan. Con touched on a couple of the other guys. I do think the Roger Saffold addition is a great addition. Um, but it's been known, you know, it's known as one of the top lines in the game. It's been known as one of the top lines in the game for the past couple of years. In Marcus's sophomore season, they allowed 26. 20- seven sacks, which was good for 25th in the NFL. So they had the, they were the fifth or sixth least amount of sacks given up in the NFL. Sophomore season for Mariota was his best season by far. 3.4K yards, 26 TDs, nine interceptions. Then you move to the 2017 season where the, the downfall of Mariota has kind of been the past two years. And that line that wasn't necessarily as good. They moved up to 15th in sacks given up. And then you move to a year ago, and he took... The 10th most sack. So this is a line that is supposed to be kind of their bread and butter. And whether it's a combination of Mariota not getting rid of the ball as fast or this team, this team's line underperforming, it did show when Mariota's not getting sacked consistently, he can be a good quarterback. But the past two seasons, he's thrown for 13 TDs, uh, 15 picks. And then a year ago, 11 TDs, eight picks. So to me, that screams that if this line can turn it around, and I think the Roger Saffold, like I touched on, is a huge addition, now losing Lawan for the first four games, including having to go against the Browns' pass rush and the Jags' pass rush is not a deal. Um, I think that's one of the most eye-opening stats. I was trying to figure out, you know, what has definitely necessarily been the change? You know, maybe it's not Mariota. What around Mariota has changed a little bit the past two seasons to when he had big success his sophomore year? Um, And that, to me, jumped out. Now, let me touch on the, the Titans as a whole. I think in terms of the AFC South, I think it's up and down, probably one of, if not the best, rosters um, in this division. I love what they have in the backfield. I think the backfield combination in terms of Henry complemented with Deion Lewis is really, really good. Khan um, touched on a couple of their additions. Love the Adam Humphreys addition. Always such an advantage having a good slot guy. Jack, we touched on it a little bit with the Bills with Josh Allen. Um getting his slot guy the Adam Humphreys can kind of be the same thing here um and they've had a couple like you know kind of mediocre receivers over the years and guys like Tawan Taylor and Tajay Sharp I like AJ Brown to kind of come in and fill one of those spots and then Corey Davis to me is a potential breakout this year I think with other guys around him the way he will have this year Delaney Walker back I like Corey Davis as a breakout guy um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, it's pretty much the same defense as we've seen the, the past couple of years. It's been a, really a good defense. It's it's been the bread and butter to their nine and seven seasons. just running the football, and it is a combination of running the f- football and playing good defense. Um, and they locked up their guy Kevin Byard, one of the best safeties in the game on turnover this off And like Con touched on, added Cameron Wake. So really, I think there's a lot to like. Actually. The, as much as it hurts me to say, I think the Titans are the team to beat in the division now. Whoa. I do. I do with uh, the injury or I guess retirement of Andrew Luck. But I will say my biggest question, it has to be Marcus Mariota. If he can't take a step forward, I mean, this is a team that is going to be in a really tough spot because this is pretty much the make or break year for Mariota. Uh, Con, he's a free agent after this year, I believe. Right.
2: Yes, he is. Yeah, you know, so
1: it's a make or break. I, I think if he has another pretty mediocre season and they finish nine and seven or something and miss the playoffs, make the wild card, and then lose, I think they're going to have a big decision to make in terms of one, do we bring back Mariota, and two, can we really afford to pay him? You know, the bigger QB money. Yeah, I agree.
0: Not to mention, maybe they figured out that they can play Derrick Henry every game this year.
2: Correct. That was one. <laughs> that was one thing I also uh, wrote down is that. They're going to get a full, hopefully, a full season's workload out of Derrick Henry, and not just six weeks. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We had uh, Matt Lafleur last year. It took him ten weeks to figure out to give the ball to Derrick Henry, and he got a head coaching job as a result. He did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Um, good for him. I'm really happy for him. He seems like a really great guy. But um, <laughs> it, it was kind of mind blowing to me that it took him that long to to put in the 6'3", 250-pound running back that just runs over linebackers. Um, so, I don't know. Is Derrick Henry actually worth
0: drafting this year in fantasy? Because I've drafted him each of the last two years expecting that breakout, and yeah. I ended up dropping him like around week nine, and then I see him like lighting <laughs> me up playoffs for another team.
2: Yeah, to me, he's a guy that if you're playing a PPR league, I would stay away from, and I think he's a really, really good running back two option a Standard League. Yeah, round three or four, Jack. Round three or four for Derrick Henry.
0: <laughs> well, we'll be doing an auction draft in our Podcasters Jack Vita Show League.
1: Oh, I forgot that was an auction. <laughs> you, you are the one auction league I participate in. <laughs> Should be fun.
0: Yeah, so I think this is a good team. I I like them. I think they're going to be fun to watch uh, for a lot of the reasons you guys mentioned. And I'm kind of... Here's where I am going into this. I know I'm going to pick two teams from this division to make the playoffs. Two out of these three. And I got to figure out... This is like The Bachelor. I got to figure out which girl isn't getting a rose. (laughs) I like this team. I think between Titans, Jags, and Texans... I, two of them are going to be playoff teams, so I'm excited to see where we go as we break down those other teams. I'm going to have to make a decision. Their over-under total, boys, is seven and a half. I think we all would go over, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is a 9-7 team for three straight years, and I think their roster is better yeah. this year. Um, so, so I think you smash that over.
0: Yeah, so it's either they either take a jump or they're going to be the immortal like Chris Davis of NFL teams, seven every year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man. It's 9 and 7 247.
0: <laughs> yeah, Chris Davis, it's this thing. Every year I, I pulled it up. 2015, 16, 17, 18. All four of those years he beat 247.
1: That's got to be Yeah, I, I I know that stat. That's got to be one of the more wild stats ever in sports. You know how hard that is? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so it be it be the 9 and 7 as a team. Uh, which it seems like they're pretty safe nine and seven with a team that could potentially make a leap and be a playoff team or a division winner.
2: Yeah, because they have made the playoffs
0: in the last couple yeah, of years.
2: went into Kansas City and beat them. Uh, that, yeah. was, that was one of the highlights of the decade for me. That was that was awesome.
1: Do they have any other playoff wins this
2: decade? That might be the <laughs> highlight. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I had it's, to get my jab in. Yeah, definitely. It's all right though. we we beat the Jags in four yeah, straight. Yeah, so that's what yeah. I like to, that's that's what I like.
0: I remember that one year that they uh cleaned their cleats with the terrible towel and the super oh, yeah. Steelers won the Super Bowl that year.
2: Yeah, the good old Javon Curse and <laughs> Keith Bullock days. Those were those were the days.
0: Oh man, that was great. Okay, Jordan, let's go over to your team. Let's talk to Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm excited about this team because it seems like they've lost a little bit of the hype on them. They were a fun bandwagon. I know you saw people hopping onto that bandwagon about a year and a half ago when they were going up against the teams that everyone disliked, the Steelers, the Patriots. It, then going into last year, sky-high expectations, and they beat the Patriots. They played a great Me game. In a, it was
1: our Super Bowl, Jack. <laughs>
0: It truly was. I remember I was podcasting with Rachel Gerhardt uh, that day after that game, and she was so mad.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, when Blake Bortles lights you up the way he did in that game, (laughs) there's definitely reason to be angry.
0: Yeah, Bortles had a nice little first four weeks last year, and they also played a great game against the Steelers. So this team, it feels like to a lot of people, it seems like it was so long ago that they were almost in the Super Bowl, that they were leading the Patriots at halftime in an AFC championship game. They've upgraded the quarterback position. What's missing here? What am I missing? Why isn't this a team that's getting more hype?
1: Well, I think this team, I think this. I need to make this clear. I think they, of the teams in this division, have the highest upside of any team in this division yeah. um, in terms of, you have a quarterback in Nick Foles now who has won it when it's mattered most. Um, and I think this is the best defense in this division. Um, a year ago, you could make the case that the defense took a clear step down. But I think a lot of that had to deal with the fact that the offense literally couldn't score a point. And that's just, just demoralizing to a defense, knowing that you have to hold a team to three to seven points or you're going to lose the ball game. Um you touched on it. I think Nick, the Nick Foles edition, it was just one that had to be made. Blade Bortles wasn't coming back. Um, Foles was pretty much the premier option in terms of free agent quarterbacks. They could have potentially, you know, either moved up and tried to draft one or taken one um, in the draft. But I like the Nick Foles move just because I think this team kind of with the way the roster is assembled is in a kind of a win now mode. Um, their defense. A lot of their young guys are on rookie deals. They're going about to get paid, so you'll see a little bit of a turnover after this year on this defense. What's missing? Why are they not getting that? Five? A lot of it has to do with the five. We'll need to see it more. I don't think people are really scared of this. to be quite <laughs> honest with you, um, Nick Foles. He's he's done it for spurts, but he's never really done it, or at least has felt like he's done it for like a long, a full season's worth. So that'll be something to look out for. And Leonard Fournette maybe is the key to this offense, too. They're a team that wants to run the football and run it consistently. And with Bortles, yes, he was facing a lot of stacked boxes. But regardless, Fournette really, in terms of yard per carry, has not been a good running back the past couple of years. And along with that, he's been banged up a lot. And when you don't have your star running back in the backfield and you don't have a passing threat um, like they did not a year ago, you know it, it's a very easy offense to stop. Um, so that's probably the one thing to look out for. I think that's the most important thing for this Jaguars team this year is the health of Leonard Fournette, and can Nick Foles do it for a season? I think if both of those answers are yes, I think this is a team that really the sky is the limit because I still think this defense is nasty. It's a lot of the same guys from 2017 when they made that run, and they've made a a couple additions, too. I love the pick in Josh Allen. Um, He's a guy who kind of fell to them, a Kentucky edge rusher. But he's a guy to look out for preseason-wise. He is dominated, um, and they already have a really good edge rusher in Yannick and Gakwe. So pairing him with Josh Allen on third-down sets when teams are going to be pat- it's going to be really, really fun to watch with those corners and Ramsey and Booyah in the backside. So I think, I think they're a playoff team as well. The Titans kind of as the favorite to win the division. I think this is a playoff team as well. I think the Jags get in
2: as a wild
1: card this year. So I, too, Jack, do think two teams come out of this division to make the postseason.
2: The one thing I was looking at, uh, and to go back to your point, Jack, of why they're not getting hype, I actually do think they've gotten a good amount of hype this year. From, from being a 5-11 and team, and, you know, not really adding anybody except Nick Foles and a draft pit and a couple draft picks. I mean, I've seen most of what I've seen has been like between 9 and 11 wins for the Jags. And to take that step forward with just pretty much replacing their quarterback and, you know, not having like the greatest um, weapons on offense and questioning Fournette's health. I actually I actually do think some of that has been there for the Jags. And, and I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. Fournette needs to stay healthy. The defense should be really good. Foles is definitely an upgrade. Uh, I'm also very interested to see how he does in a full regular season and not just like a three-game playoff run. Um, The offensive line, though, that's the one thing I wanted to touch on is that you know (laughs) last year they were missing four out of their five starters that got hurt. Uh, If they stay healthy all year and you know maybe step up a little bit, take a take a step forward, um, you know that's a really big boost for any offense. So I could definitely see them being uh, dangerous this year. That's a good
1: point, Con. And to note on the offensive line, they brought in a draft pick, Jawan Taylor from Florida. He's a guy who was projected in the first round. He fell because of a banged-up knee. They kind of, according to the analysts, I really don't know. I didn't watch it down. He played in college. <laughs> it was a, considered a steal in terms of where he ended up getting drafted. And along with that, they picked Andrew Norwell, who was a stud, um global guard for the panthers they paid him last year he was honestly a disappointment a year ago so he'll be really important too in terms of um he was one of the guys who ended up getting hurt if he's back to form and at a pro bowl level um this offensive line can look a lot better than it was a year ago
0: it'll be interesting to see nick Foles once again in a different situation uh just want to see is he like matt flynn when he's just amazing with one team. He goes back to the Packers. He can win it. He can beat anyone. He can throw for 400 yards. What can he do with the weapons here in Jacksonville? Would you say they've upgraded at receiver this year? Because I know Bortles got a lot of crap over the last few years, but he did not have a whole lot that he was working with offensively.
1: Yeah, I, I've always said that. I, I don't think they really helped Blake out much at all. Um, D.D. Westbrook to me, it has the potential to be a stud receiver. He'll probably be the number one here and the potential breakout guy. Uh, Marquise Lee, who was one of Board's favorite targets here, he actually, I don't know if it was an ACL, he had a serious injury. Um, He's expected to be back by week two or three, and along with that, they brought in a Chris Conley, who was on the Chiefs, he was like the third or fourth receiver, Um, but he's a speed guy, so he'll be a guy to look out for as well. So I think in terms of receiver jack, they look better on paper than they did a year ago.
0: That could be key as well,
1: yeah, I would agree all
0: right guys uh looking at their over under total for the season, they were at seven and a half five days ago. I would think that's gone up. I would go over with them. what do you think Connor?
2: uh yeah, I'm going over as well if if they are at seven and a seven and a half i I definitely think they're an eight or nine win team. Um, like I said, with all these teams, it's it's gonna be a very tough division. Yeah. And these teams are gonna just have to try and split. Honestly, if you get swept by one of these division teams, it's gonna be it's probably gonna be hard to hit that nine nine or ten win range.
1: And, yeah, and you touched on. That. I think even with that, it's it's important for us to note. I think we all feel the same way about this. While we think this division is gonna be really competitive, it doesn't feel like any of us think that any of these teams are really deep playoff to Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> Do we, I mean, I, I, think the, I think this could be a division where two teams make it into the playoffs, but I just don't see these teams as monster threats where, with where they're at.
0: Well, I think that's where the upside thing comes in with Jacksonville, because we've seen them go on a deep playoff run before just two years ago. So mm-hmm. I think that's where you could see a little bit of upside where if they were to play an offensive juggernaut and shut them down to some degree or at least limit them, whether it be Kansas City, Pittsburgh, or New England, you could look at, well, this team is really unique and they have the potential to do something special here.
2: While, while we say that none of these teams are Super Bowl contenders right now, I think, I think if you look at the Jags and the Titans it's going to be can their offenses score points because they have the defenses to win. Um, If if either of these offenses steps up and, you know, they play really well and maybe even just get hot at the end of the year, uh, I definitely think these teams can compete with anybody just because defense will keep them in every game.
1: And I think both offenses are really similar in the aspect of they want to be run first. They want to barrel over teams, wear teams down. Um, and Jack, to be quite honest with you, I guess you know, I, I mentioned that they, I didn't think they make deep runs, but good defense and running the football, that's what ended up working a lot of times in the playoffs. I know the league is changing a little bit, but some of these teams, I guess, could be built for a run. I just don't know if they're that good to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, you know, the, the one thing I will say is, we haven't r- quite gotten to it in our preview show, but there's always one or two teams every year whether it be the Rams or the Bears or just someone that just emerges and has a an excellent regular season and looks like a potential contender. I don't know who that is quite yet. Maybe we'll get to someone in the next division. But if you're looking at a team to go from worst to first, I think this team has a lot of potential to do that.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think especially luck retiring, I think, helps that a lot, helps that potential yeah. a lot.
0: Connor, is there? I'll give you a chance because you haven't gotten to be on any of these other episodes. Is there someone, whether it be outside or inside of this division, that you look at as a potential making that big jump from worst first, uh, capitalizing on a bad schedule?
2: I mean, do they have to finish worse? Do they have to finish last in their division last year? No. Okay. No. I mean, no. losing the, season. The team the- that I'm looking at the most is the Jets. Uh, they played. They started to play really well on offense at the end of the year last year, and they added Le'Veon. Their defense is going to be really good, and Darnold was a big key to them playing well at the end of the year. I think in terms of like yardage, he was putting up top five QB numbers over the last four uh, four weeks. So if he can continue that streak and they, they get Le'Veon the ball and still can play some good defense, I think that's a team that could – I mean, I don't know if they're going to beat the Patriots, but I, I see them taking a huge leap forward.
0: Yeah, I think here's a teaser for the next episode. I think the Raiders are going to be, I'm not Jags, saying that I'm not saying that I think they're going to do anything. I just think, my goodness, is this team entertaining? <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. Okay, let's move over. Uh, did you get your pick in there, Jordan? I can't remember.
1: Wild card for the Jags.
0: Okay, wild card. So you go over. Yeah, I go over as well. How yeah. many wins?
1: Uh, I like them 9-7 and seven to 10-6. and six.
0: Okay. Do you think 9-7 and seven gets a wild card in the AFC?
1: I think it could, yes. I think a lot of these teams are going to beat up on each other this year. Apart from me, I, I mean, looking at the divisions real quick, I mean, apart from maybe the Chargers in terms of behind Kansas City, um, I don't know where I had Cleveland, but I think them and the Jags will be very similar in potential uh, wild card slots.
0: Okay, guys. Let's talk about the last team in this division. I uh, can't believe we are talking about them last, but I guess it makes sense given all the news and everything. The Houston Texans. Connor, what's your read on the Texans going into the 2019 season?
2: Yeah. So originally, when I when I think about when I thought about the Texans, I don't know if it's just because I think back to them playing against the Colts in the playoffs or whatever, but. I, I tend to forget that they did win the division last year and that they were really hot and they still have the best offense in this division right now. Um, there's a few question marks going into this year. I know there's some there's some rumors about Jadavia and Clowney. I don't know if they're true or not. They did franchise tag him, but I've seen reports that they're trying to move him within the next like two weeks. Um, that would be a really big loss to their defense. They did add uh, Gibson to the defense, which means I know they're addressing some of the defensive issues they had with their with their backs. Um, you know, he's he's going to be 30 years old, so he's not the youngest defensive back, but that's a good pickup. The one thing that I did see is that they got Matt Khalil. Um, and just I, I live in the Charlotte area, so I watch a lot of Panthers games. And he was really bad for them last year. So I don't know if he's gonna be <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna be a starter for that offensive line. But if he does, and he plays like he did last year, that's that's not good for them. Um, they added Bradley Roby last year, uh, another defensive back. I think if their defense can step up, you know, and and, uh, and play at the level that their offense keeps them in the games. Uh, they're going to be hard to beat, and surprisingly, I was looking. The Texans were eighth in rushing last year, um, and I think Deshaun Watson was a big part of that, but they did lose Lamar Miller, and I think that's a pretty big loss for them. I'm not sure how that makes their running game look now. I have no
1: idea what this team is doing. Um, I came into this with uh, initially when we, we were prepping this, I thought this was the clear fourth best team in this division when Andrew Luck was um, ready to roll. Um, And now that he's retired, that's kind of changed a little bit. I can see them ending up ahead of Indianapolis. But a lot of what their issues were a year ago, and don't get me wrong, they won 11 games. um, And I think a lot of that was behind how good Deshaun Watson is. He's a big-time quarterback. And I think that is very important to note that he, I mean, they have the best quarterback in this division, um, and that's that, a lot of times that's sometimes what you need to win a division, but I just, I, I guess this off season is what is confusing me. It, it just doesn't make too much sense to me. This was a brutal, brutal line watching out hit like 50, I think 55 plus sacks a year ago. And you, you mentioned they brought in Matt Khalil Yeah. He's not starting on this line. Okay. Um, and I, I, just don't think they made any upgrades there. I think a lot of people expected them to try and draft. I don't even know if they drafted. Um, it just makes no sense that they didn't try and repair this line in some way, shape, or form. And then on the other side of the ball, what are you doing? If, if, if you have to give Jadavian Clowney the big contract, you give Jadavian Clowney the big contract, pairing him with J.J. Watt has caused issues when both are healthy for every single quarterback in this division for the past however many years when those two are on the field. It makes no sense to me that I'm seeing reports that they could potentially trade him. Absolutely none. You don't trade great pass rushers like that. You just pay them. Um, I, I just don't understand it. Watson's on a rookie contract right now. I don't get where the money issue is with Clowney. I don't know. Maybe it's a character issue that they're worried about. I'm not sure, but it doesn't make sense to me. If they end up trading to JV and Clowney, this is on paper, Jack, apart from (laughs) Deshaun Watson and the best playmaker in the division, Deandre Hopkins, not a very good roster. Um, so it's just a very, very odd scenario, really odd off season for me. I don't understand a lot of it. Yes, they won 11 games a year ago. Um, I believe they lost the first playoff game they played. Um, and it, apart from unless Watson's phenomenal again, uh, absolutely phenomenal behind another bad line. A quarterback runs a lot. You know, the injury potential is going to be there for a guy like Deshaun. I just I just don't like a lot of what they've done this off season.
0: Honestly guys, I <laughs> I do not know what this team is. It's it's really hard. You guys are also trying to crack the code on these guys. 11 wins a year ago, really good team. The regular season had some big wins and I think they didn't they win like 9 or 8 or 9 games in a row at some point.
2: Yeah, they they yeah, won a nine. bunch. They went on a really good streak there because they started off the season. I think they were like zero and three or yeah. one and four, and everybody thought they were out of the division.
0: Yeah, started out zero and three, won nine in a row, got to nine and three, and then uh, played five hundred ball last four weeks of the season to get them to uh, eleven
1: and five. Jack, wait, I didn't touch on it during my hour and a half rant there, <laughs> um, but I I also. This is a horrible schedule they have to play. Have you guys taken a look at their schedule? Yeah, it's brutal. I know the that. First, the first six weeks, there is absolute. I mean, I think all six of these teams are potential teams that are 8-8 eight or eight and 8 and are better. They go to the Saints, ho- host the Jags, to the Chargers, host the Panthers, host the Falcons, and at Kansas City. That is a brutal six-game start. It's a really hard schedule throughout. They play the Pats later in the year. Titans twice in the last three weeks. Um... That's another aspect. This is, I, I'm just not big on the Texans. I don't love their roster. And now look at look, getting into their schedule. Don't love their schedule at all either.
2: Looking at their schedule, that was actually one of the things when I was putting together their record for this year, trying to predict it out. I, I see the, the Jags and the Titans, they play similar schedules, but they play a lot of their harder games at home. And the Texans play a lot of their harder games on the road, which is something I noticed. So that could, I mean, we know... I don't I don't know if it's for every team but you look at teams like I know for the Titans they play a lot better at home than they do on the road and going into anywhere and winning on Sunday is not easy so that could be uh that could be a huge game changer for this Texans team.
0: Yeah, that schedule is really tough. Oh my goodness. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> I you know guys another talking point. Are JJ Watt's best days of football behind him because I watched that playoff game and small sample size, but it just didn't seem like he doesn't seem like he's as dominant of a presence as he was about three or four years ago.
1: I think that's a fair take. Jack. I think a lot of it has to do with the injuries he's had over the years too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think he had what the two years back to back where he played very minimal games last year. He was back to playing 16 and, um, but in terms of his sack numbers, I think it was only like his fourth highest sack season a year ago. And I'm with you. I, he didn't make hardly any impact in that playoff game. It's, it's possible his best days are past him. But you know what you can do when your best pass rushers pe- on his last legs? You can pay the younger guy who, who can have that <laughs> similar production. And I, I, just, I guess it just confuses the heck out of me. I have no idea what the issue is there.
0: You know what's funny? We talk about that. He was still a first-team All-Pro last year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he did have 16 sacks. So he had a good yeah. year.
0: Yeah, I guess I what I was thinking back to was just the monster that that guy was around 2014-2015, where it was like, holy smokes. I mean, he was three-time defensive player of the year. It was just He was unstoppable then.
1: Mm-hmm. I just think the pairing of him and Clowney can be so intimidating to teams. I think it's just one you need to keep together for as long as you potentially can.
0: How's the rest of the defense look?
1: Khan uh, touched on Tashawn Gibson. He's a former Jaguar. He's actually a part of that really, really good Jaguar defense in 2017. But he's getting up there in age. Um, I don't think they had a very good secondary a year ago, and it doesn't look like they brought any free agents secondary-wise. Um, Apart from Gibson, so not many notable names here. I don't think Jack apart from just the clowny and what up front
2: Yeah, they uh, they brought in Gibson and then they also added Bradley Roby who's solid But uh, I I think when they went into this offseason It was pretty clear that their defensive backs was where they were lacking so I guess it's good that they at least uh, address some depth there, maybe to help them, you know, not getting burned. Um, yeah, the, the Texans are they're kind of a they're kind of a just a I don't know they're they're a weird team because they're a team that you look at and they can score with the best of them, but you look at their schedule and how tough the division should be this year, and you, you, I don't know it's hard it's hard to figure out where they're gonna where they're gonna end up. And one we'll note
1: we didn't make but probably should on this podcast is that will fuller should be back and it mm-hmm. seems like whenever will yeah. fuller's on the field he's making a play um
2: he's, he's yeah. been
1: really banged up throughout his first couple of years in the nfl but i do think he's another monster play target and can potentially take you have to pay attention to will fuller when he's on the field so that could open up some things for deandre hopkins or if they double hopkins i think fuller can be a big threat
0: is this the best quarterback in the division now deshaun watson
2: i would say yes without a question yeah i I definitely think he is and in terms of fantasy i'm looking at him as like a top two or three quarterback yeah he's been taken that way people are really really high on deshaun heading into this year and i think it's because they
1: know he's gonna have to put up a lot of points
0: they have some of the highest of high impact players so how far can that get you if deshaun is protected well this year continues to progress he was a pro bowler last year now This is a guy I was really, really high on going into the draft. When I saw what he did to Alabama in that national title game, I was like, this guy looks like he has the tools to be a superstar. And we've seen bits and pieces of it here and there. Maybe more than bits and pieces. We've seen a lot. So if he can take another step, who knows? I don't know what his ceiling is, but... This is a guy that, I mean, when you have a quarterback like that, if you're able to protect him, take good care of him. Now, that that may be a question mark. We'll see. You've got two excellent weapons in Hopkins and potentially Fuller if he stays healthy. And then those two two guys on the end in Watt and Clowney, I still think this could be a really good football team just based on those high-impact players alone.
1: Yeah, you ask yourself, we want to be good at in the nfl you want to be good at rushing the passer you want to have a good quarterback and i would say the other one jack is probably you want to be able to protect your quarterback and i think that to me yeah. is a big question for them
0: wow this is interesting all right so their over under is eight um based on what you guys have said i'm guessing you're both going under
1: you know i i can see that i think right around eight actually I think this division as a whole is going to beat each other out. I, I yeah. think the Titans and Jags could very easily be ten and six to nine and seven. Uh, them like eight and eight, and the Colts maybe six and ten, something around
2: that. Yeah, and for me, I actually have them over. I I think they're a nine and seven team. I think really all three of the, the top teams in this division could finish nine and seven, and then it's just going to come down to whoever can get to that that uh, that tenth win. But I mean, it's hard to tell. Like I said, if if uh, one of these three teams sweeps the other team, or two of the other teams, that's going to be a huge, huge changer for the uh, the for the division. So here's what
0: I'm going to do here, boys. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the Jaguars as a division champ because I like the I like the upside. I'm going upside there. Okay. So then, for the wild card, because I said I'm giving out two roses uh <laughs> um <laughs> Titans or Texans and they meet in week 17
1: and week, week 15 as well Jack important to note
0: yes so that that is crazy those last two three or last three weeks of the season you get played two out of three times that will be fun to watch. I think it's gonna go down to this last day of the season December 29th in Houston. I think the winner of that game is going to make the playoffs. It's currently scheduled as a 12 o'clock game. I bet they move it to prime time. And didn't we get something like this last year? Weren't the Titans playing in a win-in-your-end game last year?
2: Yes, they were with good old Blaine Gabbard at the helm. Uh, (laughs) I actually went to that game, and I didn't find out until Sunday morning that Marcus wasn't playing. So that that was... uh, it was a little shot to the gut. <laughs> originally, I was, you know, I was on the brain train. I thought that our team was good enough and that we were at home that we could, that we could pull that game out. But uh, it it just wasn't enough, you know. Andrew Luck, we just looked bad, especially at the end of the game. Uh, would have been interesting if Marcus played that game. I think we would have definitely had a much better chance. But um, yeah, this could be the same thing. That that was originally supposed to be a, a noon game as well, and they pushed that to the to the Sunday night game and. It's a great environment. I'd love to see it again.
0: Yeah, well that that was that's a very interesting story. I, I didn't know the ins and outs of uh, how <laughs> your your personal uh, emotions and reactions to finding out that Mariota was not playing. That must have sucked.
2: Yeah, it was it was pretty shocking. I woke up and I was like, Oh, he's gonna play, he's tough. He's not this last game of the year, he's gonna play, he's gonna play. And then it came out that he wasn't gonna play. And my brother is actually a huge Colts fan, so he was with us, and of course he was happy, but uh man, <laughs> not I wouldn't so
1: happy I, anymore. Yeah, he's not so
2: happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. He's 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 really down right now about that, and I feel bad for him, but uh oh man. And I know the pain because now he has to go through this whole year of what I went through sitting at that game watching Marcus stand <laughs> on the sidelines wondering what if.
1: Let me let me make it clear. It's never, Jag, it's never a good situation when you have to count on blame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, do I have to, why do I have to bring this up with all my Jags quarterbacks? I did the same exact quote like the podcast ago. Yeah. Where's oh. David
0: Garrard when you need him? Where's yeah, Byron no, Lefkowitz?
1: No, exactly.
0: Byron Leftwich was an excellent Steelers backup I liked him as a backup
1: Yeah he was a good backup Take me back to the Brunel days
0: (laughs) Oh man he was He was awesome okay so Going back December 29th Week 17 Prime time Titans Texans in Houston Ike Houston gets a huge lift From that home crowd I've got them making the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I don't like our chances if we have to go in there and beat them in week 17, to be honest with you. I think we can do it, but uh, we're going to have to be healthy, and I'm hoping it doesn't come down to that last that last uh, week. I, I'm hoping that we can win the division outright. Jack, I'm happy your prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jaguars win the division. Texans are the wild card team. And maybe we'll see how the AFC West goes uh, tomorrow or Thursday or whenever we record it. Maybe the Titans will find a way to sneak in there. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, so you guys, let's let's recap here. Jordan, yep. you've got the Titans winning the division. Yep,
2: and the Jags is a wild card.
0: And Connor, you've got.
2: Uh, that's originally I had. The Texans winning it and the Titans getting the wild card. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's that's my gut. I think I still think the Texans are better than both of our teams. I think it just comes down to whether or not they um, can can get through that schedule. There's yeah.
0: So is that where you you're sickened by that pick? I think I am. Yes. This is fun. I like I like disagreement, and this is a great division because. Really, it's it's too bad that Luck isn't playing because with the Colts, I truly think you could have picked any of these four teams.
2: Definitely. And, yeah, that looking at it, originally I had the Colts, like before the Andrew Luck news, I had the Colts winning the division, and then I had all three, the Titans, Jags, and Texans competing for the wild card spot. So going back to you saying that uh, you were giving out two roses, I was always giving out two roses as well.
0: I wish I was giving out two roses in real life. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Maybe someday Jack, you'll sneak on
0: whatever that means. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Potential bachelor 2022 or something. I don't know. (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. Let's give out some roses to the NFC South. (laughs) I like it. Okay. I know, uh, Connor, you came very prepared. Which team would you like to lead us off with here in the South? Well, I. Um, Let's go Carolina. Let's it, go yeah. where you live. Let's go Charlotte area, the team playing there, Carolina Panthers. What are you looking at with this team?
2: panthers are very interesting they're kind of like the titans where it's it's going to come down to the qb health i think cam's health is super important to the success of this team uh that's pretty obvious um but another thing looking at this team i actually think that the panthers made like the best and most underrated move especially in this division they got rid of matt khalil and they brought in matt paradis from i believe denver and he's been he's been really good and he's looked good in the in the preseason as well so that should help their line tremendously which should take some pr- some of that pressure off of Cam and hopefully keep him healthy um like i told you before Matt Khalil was really really i mean i don't like to dog on him but he wasn't he was not good for them last year and so replacing him um should be a really good move for them uh i don't think they did a whole lot outside of that but they addressed the biggest issue and then looking at the offense, Greg Olson is probably going to take a step back. I'm thinking he's, he's getting older and, you know, he's very injury prone. He can't stay healthy. But DJ Moore is a guy that I look out as a guy who can make a huge leap forward as a wide receiver one. I think he has a ton of talent. He's got great work ethic. He's got all the tools to become a really good receiver. I think it's just going to come down to him and Cam getting that chemistry down. Uh, I think that can help their pass game a ton. And then, you know, obviously they've got Christian McCaffrey, who was really good last year in the pass game. So uh, I, I like the Panthers this year. I think they have a better year than last year. I don't think they win the division by any means, but um, I, I think they have a good year this year. I think a lot of people forget that this team was six and two before cam injured his
1: shoulder before the Steelers ruined them on Thursday <laughs> oh, night and ruined their defense and they <laughs> dropped like 50 on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was a six and two team before cam Newton got hurt a year ago. And you look at them on paper and a lot of it is pretty similar to where they were at. Um, when cam's healthy guys, he's a top 10 quarterback, and he, he, I mean, in his MVP year, he showed he can be one of the best in the league using not only his arm, but his legs, too. Now, at this point in his career, Cam needs to start being really, really smart with where he takes his hits. Because, I mean, he's been he's been injured. He's, he's banged up pretty consistently. Heck, he played, what, two series, three series in the preseason. And then he's done. He was done for the preseason um, with like a footage issue. But he should be good to go for week one. Uh, so health of Cam Newton kind of very, very crucial. Um, there's not many, and I touched on this when we touched on Saquon, there's not many playmakers better in the league than Christian McCaffrey all around. Uh, the guy is the definition of a workhorse. Um, in terms of, honesty, we've touched on that a lot. He's a top two to three pick, but a year ago, what he ran for over a thousand yards and what had like 860 receiving, almost had a 2,000-yard season, and to be honest with you, heading into this year, I'm not sure 2,000 is really out of his realm. I think that's a potential possibility. I know they've touched on wanting to slow down his touches maybe a little bit, Um, but, I mean, going from 35 to 32 is not a big deal in terms of a full season's workload. Another thing that Khan didn't touch on that I think could be crucial, there's been a lot, and I mean a lot of talk, about a couple potential breakout-wide receivers from this camp. Uh, D.J. Moore, he's a young guy. He kind of broke into the scene a little bit a year ago. And Curtis Samuel has been getting a ton ton of love. Um, so those are two guys that could be really good options for Cam this year. I'm with you, kind of, Think Greg Olson is kind of on his downfall. Wouldn't be surprised if Ian Thomas started to make more plays in the past game. Um, hopefully Greg can stay healthy. I hate seeing him hurt consistently. And I like them on the defensive side of the ball, too. I think this is just a, it's not a great football team, Jack, but I think it's a pretty good one.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because you look at the NFC South from a year ago where it was really a different kind of year for that division because the Saints went 13 and three and then everyone else had a losing record. Falcons and Panthers in mediocrity around seven and nine. But you mentioned this when we first got on this podcast. This is typically. This is classically a very competitive division. Two years ago, all three of these teams, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, all made the playoffs. And the Panthers were 11-5 and 5 just two years ago. Falcons 10-6. and 6. If I'm picking one of these two teams uh, potentially as a wild card, or at least if I've determined between Panthers or Falcons which one I like more, I like the Panthers a little more. I just do. And I love I'm really excited to watch Christian McCaffrey every week. That guy is so electric. He's just so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and they're also a really well-coached team. That's, that's yes. it's a very important part that often gets underrated in the NFL. Very well-coached team. Ron Rivera is a very good coach.
0: Yeah, so if they're if Cam is healthy because that was you guys both mentioned the drop off in the second half of the season last year, where he was not healthy, he was playing hurt and eventually was no longer playing. I think that, that it, that could make them look a little more like the, the 10 and six team that they were two years ago than the seven and nine team from a year ago. I, but ultimately I think they're going to end up somewhere in between those two teams.
1: Yeah. And I think also before we, rotate here cam cam passing wise was as good as he's been since his mvp year last year Um, yes in terms of yards he was right there if he didn't sit the last two games he probably would have blown by his yard totals and along with that had his most touchdowns since 2015 so cam in terms of throwing the ball i know he was hurt for a lot of that second half but um he looked better throwing the ball in terms of stat wise
0: according to the over/under on Odd Shark. Carolina Panthers are at an even eight wins. Man, that is a that's a good number for them. It seems,
1: Jack. To be honest with you, I think all these Vegas numbers have been pretty good numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's a reason nobody wins. Um, oh,
2: I like them at eight. Yeah, that's actually funny. I put even at eight there, so. <laughs> Um, I I guess looking at maybe the rest of the division, if I, if I had to, if I had to choose either way, I would probably go under just because I, I, there's some question marks on the team. You know, the, they, they beefed up the O line, but can it, can it be that much better this year and keep Cam healthy? Um, there's some of those offensive weapons are going to have to step up. If they don't, they're going to struggle. Defense is going to have to continue playing well. Luke Kuechly's not getting any younger. So, you know, there's there's some places where... I could definitely see them going over, but if I had to pick, I would say under. But I have them at even at eight.
0: It's also important to note, the Saints went 13-3 and last year, and I don't think they're going 13-3 and again this year. Now, we'll get to them in a little bit, but if I... Let's just take two wins off and they go to 11 then you can redistribute a couple of those wins to Carolina right. or Atlanta or whatever you want to do so there I think 8 is perfect for them this would be my man I would just go I would push on this one yep
2: I agree
1: spot on
0: Jordan let's go let's go to the next team we mentioned them in our last little uh tangent or rant if you will not really a rant more of a tangent Uh, Conversation. How about that? That's better. (laughs) Uh, The Atlanta Falcons. What are you looking at with them this year, Jordan?
1: This was a team a year ago, I think, heading into last year, that was a really popular, like, potential deep playoff run team. Um, And it's a team that ended up being just absolutely obliterated by injuries a year ago. So heading into this year, it's a, a lot of it has to deal with the health of a lot of these guys. And at this point, the majority of them are back. Um, Devonta Freeman's been a key piece for them for the past couple of years. He's also one who is pretty consistently banged up. And that's why having, uh, Tevin Coleman was also always such a, a key piece for them. Cause he always ended up getting some games. Um, but just a year ago, I mean, they lose Devonta Freeman. He's their probably best offensive playmaker, um, apart from Julio Jones. And he only plays two games a year ago. So you take that off right off the get-go, and Tevin Coleman's a solid back, but he's a clear step down from Freeman. That was a big loss. Matt Ryan is a guy who, honestly, to me, guys, I don't know if you guys agree, but Matt Ryan's a quarterback. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who, year in and year out, has put up fantastic numbers. Um occasionally can be turnover prone, but really throughout the last couple seasons, he's kind of fixed that issue. And last year, I mean, they go seven and nine and he throws for nearly five K yards and throws 35 touchdowns to seven picks. He had a great year for somebody or for a team that ends up seven and nine. And a lot of that has to deal with a lot of the issues they had on defense, whether it was injuries um, or that defense just really wasn't that good.
0: There was also a garbage time element as well. Uh, yeah, that's that fair. Needs to be yeah, playing from
1: behind and running, gunning. Yeah. Um, but you look at them this year, I think the outlook has to be kind of, I, I think all three of us had them pretty similar to the Panthers. And, you know, it could it could potentially end up being a good year for the team. But, you know, the outlook, I would bet their Vegas numbers right around eight as well. I love Julio Jones, obviously one of the best playmakers in the league. Love the quote where he said he wants to get three K yards this year. <laughs> Don't think that's mm. possible or going to happen, but uh, I love the mentality, and also they have a really good young wide receiver too, and Ken Ridley, who had a good season a year ago too. Austin Hooper was a good tight end for them a year ago. Um, I don't know too much about a lot of these guys defensively, um, but I expect it to be kind of an average defense, given that a lot of those injuries kind of broke them apart last year. Vic Beasley is a good player; he's an edge guy. Um, but apart from that, you know, you know, I think the Falcons will be a solid team. I think right around eight wins as well. Um, but if Matty Ice has an MVP-type year again and all of a sudden Devonta Freeman plays 16 games, I think there is the potential that this team could be better than eight.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I agree with a lot of the points that you made, Jordan. Um, and a couple of things I just wanted to touch on. They beefed up their offensive line a little bit. They got some depth there with uh, James Carpenter and Jamon Brown. They brought in a couple defensive guys that should make an impact um, in some of the pass rush game with Tyler Davison and Adrian Claiborne. So it, it to me, it seems that they looked and saw that they, uh, they had a weakness on defense and they addressed that, which is good for them. Um, if they play better defense... They stay healthy and Matt Ryan was another one I wanted to touch on because he had a great year last year. For a team that went seven to nine, he I mean, his stats were very, very good. So they they stay healthy. They play a little bit better defense. I, I could I could definitely see them getting up to like 10, 10 wins this year.
1: And and to be uh, to talk about the injury thing, they had nine to ten guys end up with a season on IR. So that's yeah. nine to ten potential starts. Uh, this yeah. was again a team that was just obliterated by injuries.
0: I always have the toughest time with this team. They're just so unpredictable and weird to me because we've seen some of those years. Obviously, that year where they (laughs) had a lead in the Super Bowl. Uh, We won't go too far down that rabbit hole uh, (laughs) because we've heard it everywhere. And then they followed that season up, made the playoffs, and won 10 games. 10 or 11 games, actually. I can't remember. But they... I just, I don't know. It's so weird because it seems like the second that I think they're great, they underwhelm me. And when I think they're bad, like last year where they were seven and nine and for a good chunk of the season, it seemed like they were around playing around like four and seven or whatever their record was at that point. It seems like I think they're bad again, which means that they're going to be great again, right? if that makes sort of sense. I'm not as high on them. I know you mentioned that Matt Ryan had a great year last year, but it's just like, I don't understand if you have a guy who plays that well and you still only win seven games. Now, maybe some guys are healthy. I don't know about the defense. I'm not as high on them. I think they're an average team once again, but I do think there's somewhere they could end up anywhere between six. And six wins and a division champ because they they could do anything. I don't know. Let's talk about everyone's favorites. I would assume the New Orleans Saints two devastating playoff losses in a row. Are they going to take that next step this year or are they going to, are they set to maybe regress a little bit from their 13 and 3 miracle season? What do you think? <laughs>
2: Oh man, I mean you you'd like to say that they're probably going to regress because 13 is such a high number to, to shoot after, but they brought in Jared Cook and Latavius Murray that's going to be great um add great depth to important positions on their offense. They added some depth to the depth to their pass game with Malcolm Brown and Mario Edwards. So, and the Saints getting better and deeper from last year. That's not good for the division, and I, that I mean they were a Super Bowl contender last year. Obviously, I think they're definitely one this year too.
1: Yeah, I like the Saints a lot, um, and to be honest, I think on paper, when you look at all the depth starts in this division, the Saints are the clear number one roster from top to bottom. Um, they have a really good defense, some really good playmakers, especially on the back end. Um, Marshawn Lattimore is a stud young corner. Eli Apple's another young guy who. I think he had some issues. Where was he with the giants? Um, mm-hmm. but I like him as more, a lot more as a number two corner behind a guy like Latta more than a one. And of course they have big cam Jordan on the front end. Um, I think this team is the best team in this division, but come kind of like you said, they're not winning 13 games again. I don't think. I think really they feasted last year on a bad division, um, with cam hurt and the Falcons with all, all those injuries and Tampa being Tampa. Um, I I just think they they lose a couple of those wins, whether it's the Falcons or the Panthers beating them. I think they win the division, um, but I think they're more around 11-ish wins, maybe a little bit of regression. Um, I mean, Breeze is getting up there in age, too. He had a phenomenal season a year ago, but I think he he wasn't nearly as good towards the end of the year, so maybe he was wearing down a little bit. Um, That could be something to watch out for, too, as Breeze gets up there in age. But I do think that this team is still the uh, the premier team here, Jack.
0: I would agree. I don't <laughs> I don't have too many other thoughts. I mean, I do think that this team is easily the favorite here. And they're once again going to be very competitive. And Breeze is going to do a lot of... They're going to have some routes like they did last year where they just kill a team on primetime like they did to the Eagles. I think that offense is still excellent. Um, but I don't know, you know... Jordan, I know you were making a long drive recently, and so you were listening to a lot of our old episodes, and you listened to our playoff preview. As much as I like them as a regular season team, and we're going to talk playoffs more in the next episode, I just don't know how much I like them as a, you know, maybe they win a couple of playoff games. They're not the team that I think I would go with as the NFC champ. Uh, for a lot of the reasons that listed in the last uh, <laughs> edition that we made predictions on them.
1: Well, I think a lot of that has to do with whether they're playing at home, right, Jack? Yes.
0: Yeah, and so if they regress from 13 wins, they're not going to have that home field. I would I would not think that 11 wins gets you mm-hmm. home field throughout the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so they potentially have to go on the I know Breeze's numbers are not nearly as good outside of the home. Um, yeah, yeah, and
2: to, and to touch on that point you made about the division being a little better, Jordan. You know the Saints have to go into Tennessee and Jacksonville this year. So uh, I mean, <laughs> not, we know they're not winning those games. Yeah, that, so that's that's two losses right there. <laughs> so I mean, we're gonna have to. I think we're we're definitely all gonna have to hit the under on that thirteen. Does this team have the best
1: one-two punch in terms of weapons with Kamara and Thomas? It's got to be up there,
0: and Austin Carr at receiver as well.
1: <laughs> on car, <laughs> the great
0: Northwestern product. Oh my man.
1: god, <laughs> and never mind. It's not the Bachelor, you have to slide in, it's a Northwestern. Yes, Northwestern you have to slide hey, in. Nor- there nor- it is.
0: Northwestern oh, against the Stanford Cardinal this Saturday. A exciting game out on the West Coast. I'm looking forward to watching that one.
1: Yeah, Jack, I'll make sure to s- toss that on the TV.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I went last time they played each other. Uh, Stanford at Northwestern, Northwestern one, I was there, I believe is Clayton Thorson's first career start as a freshman. That was a fun one. I think Stanford was like 12, uh, coming in the season. They were ranked Which It's actually
1: pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was a lot of fun. So
1: going back to that point, I mean, is there a better one, two <laughs> punch than Kamara and Thomas? I mean, you, obviously you could have made the case a year ago with Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, um, but, I, guys, I think this is the best one-two punch in the game in terms of playmakers. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: So you're not factoring factoring in quarterback in this instance? No, but
1: it surely helps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Much like it may have helped. We'll find out if it helped Le'Veon and Antonio this year.
0: I'm trying to think, what are some of the other ones?
1: Amari Cooper and Zeke could be one that's probably up there. Yeah. Um, let's see. Devonta and Julio probably if Devonta.
0: Yeah, right. that's a really good one. Chubb and
1: OBJ. Uh, Chubb and OBJ will be like the the next one probably, and, and uh, I mean a year ago you could have made the case for Kareem Hunt and Tyree Kill, but yeah. not
0: anymore. Oh yeah, not. yeah that would that was the one last year probably, yeah, but not anymore. So because I mean Le'Veon did not play last year, no. so yeah. the Steelers one was more from like two three years ago. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So there you go. I mean, it, it, right now, I think it's got to be Kamara and Thomas.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Win total this year, Vegas has them at ten. They seem like an easy one to. Hmm, I think we would go over ten. That's interesting. That
1: seems wow. Yeah. A surprise. I would have thought they would have at least get maybe ten and a half or eleven. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over here, but that makes me wonder what they're seeing.
0: The only team that has at least 11 is New England. Yeah. Everyone else has 10 or 10 and
1: a half. I guess with one injury, you can do so much for an NFL team. Maybe they... And it's it's obviously really hard to repeat the way they did in terms of 13 and 3. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take you over there.
0: I am curious if their road schedule is tougher this year than it was last year. Because if
2: you... I'm actually not sure what their strength of schedule looks like. I haven't looked into their schedule too much, but... Um, I, yeah, I think they've, they definitely benefited from some of that, that in that beat up division last year. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, going
1: to Jacksonville and Tennessee, neither of those are going to be easy. To Not easy wins at all.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it looks like they play the AFC East as one of their mm-hmm. divisions they play. So the, I mean, they're at jets. And they got to play the Pats at some point, right? No, maybe not. They probably play the Patriots at home, though. I see see Jets and Dolphins. They only play two. Maybe they only play two. Oh.
0: They've got at Rams, at Seahawks. At Bears.
2: That's not an Mm -hmm. easy one.
0: Yeah, at Bears. So, like. Yeah,
1: there's some tough games.
0: A lot of teams they played last year, it seemed like they had home. Like, I'm pretty sure they played. They would have played the Rams at home last year. I mean, if they're if they're playing out in L.A. this year, that means that they would have hosted the Rams last year. Yes,
1: uh, I would imagine. So they, I mean, they host. Yeah, they did host the Rams. They also hosted the Eagles. Um, did they host they, the Vikings? They hosted well? the Steelers too. Um, no, they went to Minnesota, but beat them 30 okay. to 20.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So a lot of their tougher games were at home last year.
1: Yeah. And you, get, you also get the, like the hangover factor too of a team that went 13 and three and their season ended the way it did. You know, how will they bounce back, especially early in this year? Something to look out for.
0: Yeah. I would go over primarily because there isn't a team in this division that this is tough because if you were to put maybe one of those AFC South teams in here, I think things could get really interesting, but I'm just not overly enthusiastic about anyone else in this division. So while I do think they regress from their win total of 13 last year, they'll get to 11. I I still would go over.
2: Yeah, I would too. I would go over on that. I think 11 is a really good number for them. I agree.
0: All right. Who wants to talk about the Tampa Bucks?
2: Nobody. (laughs) <laughs> some positive things they added two linebackers that should help the defense a little bit uh, other than that I, they didn't really do much and for a team that's not good you would think they would um jamis he I, I don't think Jameis is bad i think he's a solid qb option i'm not sure really it's his fault that like the line can't block for him Uh, He has Mike Evans, who's a good receiver, and I think that's why he actually still throws for a good amount of yardage, throws some touchdowns, but he throws some interceptions. I I don't have much to say about them, but I don't really see them being any better than they were last year.
0: So they do have a new head coach this year, by the way. They fired Dirk Cotter after two years, so it seems like they just keep bringing in coaches... (laughs) Every.
1: Hey, try and fix this mess. <laughs> oh, you did oh, do got it qui- You did do it quickly. <laughs> See you later. Yeah,
0: I don't understand the Lovey Smith one. Why he got axed so quickly? I thought he did a pretty good job with them.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So
0: their new head coach, they brought in Bruce Arians.
1: Oh, oh yeah, they did. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big get. That
1: is a good get. I actually think Jameis in terms of. Like the core, and I I relate to this. I always go back to this. But like in quarterback rankings, I think he's often pretty disrespected. Um, I don't think he's anywhere near a top fifteen. But a lot of lists will always have him as like a bottom five starting QB in the league. I don't think he's that bad. Um, I mean, he's shown signs. He's also always had more TDs than picks, and he's had some decent uh, seasons in terms of yards as well. Uh, two 4K seasons, and he missed games in the past two years. Heck, wasn't he – didn't they bench him last year? Was
0: he suspended Oh, at the maybe he was suspended. Year?
1: Okay, because it was the Fitz magic. Right, yep, yep, that's right.
0: Yeah, and then eventually Fitz lost yep. the spot. Which was bound, yeah, which was bound to
1: happen. Um, but, yeah. I, again, I think Jameis can be a little disrespected. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think he's just a decent one. Um Apart from him, really on the offensive side of the ball, the only things to touch on, Mike Evans is a great receiver, probably a top seven-ish guy. Um, He often makes – I mean, him and Jameis has been a really good connection throughout the past couple seasons. And O.J. Howard is a guy that a lot of people consistently talk of, at least in terms of fantasy maybe, as a breakout tight end. So he's one to watch out for. He's a playmaking tight end. Um, This team was, what, 5-11 a year ago? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, the saints are a couple games worse. Both the Falcons and, um, uh, Panthers are around eight and eight. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this team won six to seven games. I really wouldn't.
0: Well, they have them at six and a half. Actually. Okay. Well, oh. the, well,
1: there you go. <laughs> they're, in, Vegas they're in your be, head. Yeah. Vegas wouldn't be either. Um, I don't think it's a bad football team. I think Arians is a good coach, too. That was a good get, Jack. Thank you for that.
0: Info. I like Arians a lot. I think this is, look, I'm not high on them this year. I've been burned by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers several times in the past. Uh, and maybe they need to just get back to good old John Green days. Uh, <laughs> one of these years. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, Bruce Arians is a great coach. The Arizona Cardinals were really exciting for two, three years there where they were a legit NFC contender. Jordan, I'm pretty sure two years ago, you and I were singing praises of the Tampa Bay Bucs. We were, I, I at least I was. I think we both were high on them as a worst to first team that was on the rise, Jameis' third year. Do you, am I remembering this correctly? We liked them quite a bit a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, I think I, I definitely had the. I, w- I was decently high on. I don't think I had them winning the division or anything like you may have. Um, I'd have to go back and listen to that podcast.
0: Well, it <laughs> doesn't exist anymore because uh, it was pre-Jack Vita Show day. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're but you're t- I'm, in the clear, the I'm in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, well, I did
1: not. Uh, Jack, are you kidding? I did not have them going. I was not big on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were talking up. You're like, like Deshaun Jackson
1: and. Uh... Well, yeah, they surrounded Winston with some weapons, and you know he had a he had a pretty solid year. I it didn't made sense. A, yeah, it did. Uh, maybe, maybe <laughs> it
0: made some sense because it was before. Look, the Saints were rebuilding at the time. I think they were coming off a rough year, and these other two teams are always a mystery. And this is a division that's been that's had a lot of teams shuffling around yeah, it exactly, throughout um, this millennium. Yeah. So it wasn't far fetched. And a lot, they, I think they started out the season pretty well, too. I remember watching a local game where they were just blowing out the Bears. I think it was week two, and they looked excellent. They looked really good. So it made some sense. Do you sense. have that in
1: front of you? Do you have their schedules from 2017 in front of you? No. How the heck do you remember <laughs> that? Because I'm looking at their set right now, and they did indeed blow out the Bears in week two.
0: <laughs> He's Sean McVay. I remember that day because... I was um, I was very sick with my thyroid uh, ailment, and my parents were out of town. It was a fun weekend, uh, <laughs> which really means nothing. But one of my buddies is a big Bears fan. Came over, watched that game. He brought over buffalo wings, and he was just getting so progressively madder and madder as that game went on. <laughs> I
1: think for fair reason, that Bucks team ended up winning five games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then I believe last year the Bears blew out the Bucks again like it wasn't the same weekend but my, my parents were out of town and they were texting me because they're Bears fans they were very excited I think they were blowing out the Bucks. it was their turn 48 year. to
1: 10 week week four <laughs>
0: <laughs> and our good friend Tommy Mantis was pretty excited about that game as well he was texting me
1: Tommy being excited about the Bears is quite shocking <laughs> it seems like he's always down on them
0: <laughs> he was excited to uh maybe tweet about them i think was fair the thing. enough, fair enough.
1: <laughs>
0: this is such a weird organization that they've just fallen off so much and they've been so they've not made the playoffs since 2007 which was gruden uh post gruden this team has had how many different coaches i they let me think raheem morris they had Lovey. They had someone before Lovey. Uh, Arians, Cutter. They've had a lot of coaches over twelve years. That's like six coaches.
1: Good to see they have good job security. I'd love to take that job. <laughs> <laughs> Turn around, Jameis, in two seasons, or we'll see you later.
0: Well, hopefully they. I mean, they.
1: is that one you missed? Yes. Chiano. yes. So they've had five and, they've had five coaches, including Arians, since Gruden.
0: Yeah. Okay. Over twelve years. And Shiano, I remember with him, was the the big thing with him was that one game where the Giants were lining up to for a kneel down, I think it was like week two or week three, and they just brought the house in on Eli Manning and everyone got upset about it and that was like the big talking point for the whole week. <laughs> I don't remember
1: that. I don't remember that either. <laughs> 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 what year was that? Two thousand two? What junior in high school? Twenty twelve. In high school.
0: Twenty <laughs> twelve. Yeah, right. I was. Junior. I was finished with high school. Then. Oh wait,
1: you're older than us. I always forget that. Yeah. So you were you probably had graduated, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, Gotcha. you. That's the fall after you had graduated. Yeah. Got it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we're well, really. I was a junior in high school. <laughs> we're diving <laughs> deep. Junior on all my memories of the Tampa Bay Bucks post high school.
1: <laughs> I mean, you would like I wouldn't question it if it was like a good organization, <laughs> but like
2: for local organization. Yeah, yeah. Somebody like the I Bears. Mean, <laughs> this
1: team hasn't been good. I guess the Gruden attachment may be the reason. Yeah, no,
2: hundred percent. <laughs> <100%. laughs>
1: I just remember stuff. It's weird. Uh, okay, that's so that's why you're good at sports jeopardy. Go ahead. <laughs> thanks.
0: Yeah. So I think they finally have the right coach if they give them enough time. This team should turn it around over the next three, four years with this coach, but it's not happening this year. Do
1: you think Jameis is the answer in there?
0: I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. I mean, I've been higher on Jameis than a lot of people have I'm not as high on him now. I mean, I think last year was really telling. That was kind of the year where I I thought they would have moved on after if they move on from head coaches this quickly. I thought they would have moved on for to a ne- the next quarterback. But I am with you. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think you can win games with Jameis. I just think they're they need to patch up another a bunch of other things. Find a coach that they like. Uh, and find the right personnel because this organization is just, it's just been a mess for a long time. I think Jameis is solid.
1: And it's important to know this, like with Mariota, this could potent, I think this is the off season. Yeah. This upcoming yeah. off season will be when they make the decision there.
0: Yeah. So I guess, I guess it makes sense. This is year five for both those guys. So it makes sense, I suppose, to be this, the make or break year. Um and I ultimately, knowing this organization, I don't think they're gonna be it, it, now watch, they're gonna they're gonna end up winning ten games and proving me wrong. I think I don't think this team's gonna be a playoff team and I think they're I think Ari they're gonna bring in Arians' guy. He's gonna get to pick his guy, whoever that is. Um so maybe they want Tua. Maybe that'll be Tua's landing spot. I don't know. Maybe
2: yeah.
1: Jameis wants to be a cole. <laughs>
0: oh.
2: i think that six and a half it for the for the wins is actually probably a good number for Jameis too i think if he wins seven games they they keep going with him but if they only win five or six i think they'll probably move on and i think the numbers on these guys the numbers
1: on Jameis and Mariota are going to be so interesting because the quarterbacks it seems like whoever it is if you're getting paid you're getting near the highest money um so it'll be really interesting for two guys like them who I think the majority of people would consider them, you know, right around out of the tenish QBs in the league, at least until this year, depending on how they go this year, it could be different. But those numbers are gonna look really interesting because we know I mean we know how much it can hurt if you pay the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah for sure.
0: So over under six and a half.
1: I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go six and ten. Yeah, I'm gonna go five and eleven again.
0: Yeah, I think they're between five and six wins. I would go under. Maybe we're missing something here. I mean, they like Vegas likes them. We'll see.
1: I think Vegas is sending out a prayer. I don't think they have any idea <laughs> what to expect <laughs> with this team. <laughs> I just think they think the Saints will be worse, and the other two teams will be right around 500. I think that's what they're seeing.
0: Yeah, probably. It's gotta be. Do you guys have any other uh, Tampa Bay Bucks trivia for me? No. <laughs>
1: I, I don't even think I can no. come
2: up with a question for you. I, I definitely could not. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it will help them that they're playing as a schedule again. Yeah. Maybe, 100, maybe 100, that's 100. why
0: they're
2: the 6.5. Yeah.
0: Could help. Could maybe be. About it. As we look at these divisions, we'll look at this NFC South. I actually I want to make sure we may have uh, glossed over this. Let me just make sure I got you guys. Atlanta's over-under total is 8.5. I would go under. Where are you guys on Atlanta?
2: I'm over.
1: Yeah, they only have them at 9. Yep, that's right where I have them. So,
0: outside of the Saints, any playoff teams in this division? I think
1: they could sneak
2: one in. I think the Falcons could make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think the Falcons will be right there. I don't know if I have them in, no.
2: Yeah, I'd have to look at like a whole scope yeah. of the, the NFC to to give you an official answer on that. But I think... I think the Falcons could be a wild-card team for sure. I think they're good enough. I think a lot of it it
1: may depend on Zeke. Because I think the NFC East is where that other wild-card team could come. I think the North will have a wild-card team. Um, If Zeke is there, I think it will probably be the Eagles or Cowboys whoever doesn't win that division. Maybe Seahawks? Yeah. It it could be them, too. They always (laughs) quietly—I mean, last year they won 10 (laughs) games— yeah, potentially Niners and Cardinals should both be better, though.
0: Yeah, the Niners are a wild card because, and this is all good tease for the next episode, if Garoppolo, with him healthy, what could they be? Because they looked pretty decent those first two weeks.
1: And it's it's a matter of how comfortable he is, too. I know he has not looked one bit good in the preseason. So it's going to be a little bit for him, too. Yeah, getting back into the flow, it'll be interesting.
0: So you see what you got in him. Uh, there's some good weapons on offensively and defensively for that squad, and then the Seahawks is like Pete Carroll just keeps bringing in these new guys, drafting these new guys on the defense, and they keep reloading and being good. We were, I was ready to write them off last year, so it'll be interesting to see where we project them next episode.
2: Looking forward to it. Definitely, I'm looking forward to listening to it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Connor, before we get you out of here, do you want to leave a Super Bowl pick? Oof.
2: Well, my uh, my Super Bowl pick originally was going to be the Colts because I thought they were going to be really good and maintain that um, maintain that momentum they had going. Right now, it's the Chiefs.
0: NFC team.
2: Oh, I have to pick both. Uh, I probably go. I-, I think I would go with the Saints. Okay. Fair
0: enough. Yeah, well, Jordan and I will get to the our picks next episode. Connor, is there anything else you want to talk about while you're here? Anything you'd like to promote business-wise, social media?
2: Uh, no, I- I'm good. I just appreciate you guys having me on here. It's a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this uh, ever since you mentioned it. So thank you <laughs> to both of you. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Jack,
1: another superstar guest for us. Our guest yes. has killed it on these episodes.
0: Yeah, Connor, thank you so much. You did a great job. This was a lot of fun, and hey, maybe your master's time will get you back.
2: Oh, you know I've been waiting to do a golf podcast. You've been (laughs) slacking on me. (laughs) Hey,
0: you've been slacking. I've asked you a couple times. It just hasn't. Schedules haven't lined up. Yeah,
2: that's probably true.
0: (laughs) It just hasn't worked out. It's mutual. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Connor. This was a lot of fun, man. Thanks, guys. That's it from Connor Ennis. I thought he did a great job, Jordan.
1: Yeah, Jack, like I said, our guests have really impressed me. I think they're making (laughs) us look bad. We need to lower the quality a little bit. (laughs) Are you ready for our next guest? I am. Yeah. I've done what? One podcast, I think with Evan in the past.
0: Yes. Evan Myers, uh, the OG from this podcast. (laughs) I think he recorded like the first five episodes with me. Uh, We, because it was back in March Madness 2018 and Evan is just so excellent when it comes to college basketball, uh, which I'm sure he and I will crank something out once college basketball starts up, but you can't believe. Oh my gosh, we're talking about college basketball Already starting up. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Already almost yeah. here.
0: Summer went by way too fast in my opinion, but Evan does a great job. He's a really bright guy and Prepare yourselves. He may have some hot takes. I will not be surprised if there are some hot takes. We'll call him out, though.
1: I'm all, I'm all in. <laughs> all about the hot take. Bring him on, Ed. Let's go.
0: So we will talk <laughs> AFC West and NFC West. And unfortunately, Evan does not have a rooting interest in either division. So we don't have the fan perspective in this one. But what we can assure you is there's going to be a lot of objectivity from all three of us, which will be cool.
1: And that's what we always go for here on the Jack Vita podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll talk
0: with Evan. It'll be a lot of fun. In addition to forecasting those divisions, we're going to give our playoff picks. We'll probably give our Super Bowl picks. I mean, we'll definitely give our Super Bowl picks. Probably give maybe like AFC, NFC championship game, just an estimation. I'm going to have to work on this, Jordan. I don't know where I'm going yet.
1: Jack, I'm just thankful that we've had the four episodes to do it, because every time you ask the guests who their Super Bowl picks are, I'm like, oh, thank God he's not asking me. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even thought that far ahead. <laughs> well, this will be
0: a lot of fun. So we'll be recording this. Uh, today, by the way, is August 26th, so it'll be either the 27th or 29th. the 29th episode will be recorded. It'll come out at a later date, but it'll come out before week one. So, lots of great content here. I can't believe we're almost done with this thing, Jordan.
1: I know it's flying by, but to be honest with you, I'm happy by because I am so ready for the football season to begin, Jack.
0: Yeah. And September baseball, baby. We got a great uh, pennant race here uh, in both the American League and National League. And I'm excited to get back to talking some baseball and recapping NFL games each week. And some of these reality shows starting up this Fall survivor and stuff like that. It's going to be fun. You know, all the, all the fall TV shows return. It's, it's good.
1: <laughs> Looking forward to tuning into your content for those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to start watching some of those shows. So I know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that will be, you know, uh, Brandon Vickery, our good friend, he's going to talk survivor with me, uh, in addition to some sports when that survivor premiere lands in a few weeks, uh, it would be great if you watched the Survivor premiere and you just try to figure out what's <laughs> going on with us. Figure out what
1: the heck you guys are talking about. I hope you guys are talking Cubs. That'll be some fun talk.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what kind of Cubs content is produced <laughs> a enough. month from now.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Well,
0: Jordan, this was a lot of fun. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners uh, where they can listen to this podcast?
1: Uh, iTunes. Or what's the other one,
0: Jack? I always forget the other one. I always listen on iTunes. Yes, iTunes. Uh, subscribe on there. Leave a review. Uh, funny story about the iTunes reviews. I got a good one here. Uh, I saw my uncle yesterday. He's a big Steelers fan. I told him to listen to our AFC North preview. And he was like, he he had gotten about 20, 15, 20 minutes in. Uh, while he was cleaning up his dog's uh, vomit, and I said, "This this needs to be the review left on iTunes. This is my favorite podcast to listen to when I clean up dog vomit." Oh my!
1: God. <laughs> 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 I love it. it. Makes it creative. People are gonna re- read that and be like, "Huh?" <laughs> wow. and I was
0: like, "Oh my gosh!" So now every every time that you think of vomit you're going to think of this podcast and he said no 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 like it made the experience somewhat bearable cuz the podcast was so good i'm like oh thanks i appreciate that there it is that's one way to think about it
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yes yeah, subscribe to the jack vita show on itunes or podbean stitcher spotify youtube Uh, Wherever you get your podcast, you should subscribe, follow along, and you will never miss an episode. It helps the podcast a lot. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. In fact, if you want, you could leave us a question in your iTunes review. Leave a question of something that you'd like me to talk about in a future episode. Uh, Tell your friends about the podcast. I don't think I missed anything, Jordan. I think that's it.
1: I think we're good to go on episode four.
0: On to episode four. Well, any parting words here, Jordan?
1: Uh, Jack, just once again, love your AFC South pick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see how much I love it in uh, November, December.
1: Fair enough. I hope you were on your game when you made that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. My, My NFL picks are just, they're always, they're not quite as reliable as the, you know, the St. Louis Cardinal NL Central pick or the, nle atlanta braves pick uh baseball picks
1: you've gotten right this season no just
0: (laughs) just kidding oh man all right it's time to end this one thank you so much to everyone who listened to the jack via show today subscribe listen along and have a great week we'll talk to you soon bring in the dancing lobsters